Hey guys, we've got a jam-packed show for you today. We've got a doubleheader at Indianapolis with NASCAR and IndyCar. We've got Formula One back in Austria. We've got uh, another segment, exciting segment of play on yellow card and red card. And amongst other things, we're talking about the Mighty Ducks. Enjoy. This is Red Flags and Red Cards, a podcast about racing, soccer, and everything in between. Well, welcome everyone. Welcome to Red Flags and Red Cards, episode eight. Blown tires and blown brakes. Thanks for making it this far. Coming to you live from Nashville, Tennessee, and we've got Josh coming from Raleigh, North Carolina. How's it going, Josh? Going quite well. How's it going there? It's great. I'm just waiting for it to storm. Uh, It's been cloudy and stormy around the city, but it hasn't stormed on our particular house, and I would really like that to happen so that our garden can be watered because I don't feel like watering it. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We got some uh, pretty bad storms here in Raleigh for a little bit. And it was actually pretty wild because um, we have a a preschool slash like um, nursery hall of our church. Um, And there was a uh, one of the the daughters. She's like four years old. And the preschool comes in. I was like, there's an owl outside. And I was like, I need to see what she means by owl. And walk outside. And there's a there's a hawk that had been injured that was like laying underneath the kind of awning we have through this thunderstorm. Um, so we got to find out about, you know, calling the Raptor Society and having them <laughs> come out and, like, rescue a hawk. So that was oh the highlight gosh. of my day. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do today? Uh, rescued a hawk, you know. Yeah, uh, apparently, exciting. just so you know, in case anybody's wondering, there's, like, four different, like, rapture, aviary, like, rescue things, and they all recommend you to the same guy, this guy named Scott or Steve, this guy named Steve, who has four different phone numbers. And it was a, uh, of course, his name adventure. is Steve. Why wouldn't his name be Steve? <laughs> that is absolute gold. Speaking about people who listen to this, um, there, we have a listener in Spain. I've noticed this trend the past month. So there's one person downloading our podcast in Spain. I don't know if it's just like a spam thing or what, but if you're a real person, Hit us up on Instagram, message us. I want to know who you are. For real. Absolutely. That's yeah. awesome. So we had a we had a we've got a pretty packed show today. We've got uh NASCAR, IndyCar, Formula One, uh, lots of soccer stuff. So we're really gonna hone in on the red flag and red car segment here. Not too many other sports to really talk about today, unless Josh surprises us with something in his uh play on yellow card, red card segment, which we'll get to that a little bit later. Yes, indeed. So how did you uh, How did you enjoy or not enjoy this weekend's racing with uh, at uh, Indy Motor Speedway? I thought it was great. I enjoyed the whole weekend, um, especially in particular uh, Saturday. Um, would you want to get into that first, or uh, yes? Because I just watched the 15 minute replay of that race, which is all you needed to watch. Yeah. What a race! Oh my god, and we're talking about the Xfinity race. Yeah, it was uh, yeah. excellent, excellent race. Um, it started off, it was cool because this was the first ever IndyCar, NASCAR, back-to-back doubleheader um, that they were racing at the same racetrack, both at the road course at Indianapolis Raceway. Um, the, the IndyCar race started off with, um, I don't think it was necessarily the greatest show of an IndyCar race because um, Scott Dixon is just dominant. Yeah. And once the cautions worked out, 
in his favor. It was like he got the lead and it was like, well, um, aside from a mechanical failure, which because Scott Dixon doesn't make mistakes. No, he does not. <laughs> he is. He is the Jimmy Johnson of IndyCar right now. Mm-hmm. For sure. He yep. had a 20 second lead over Graham Rahoff, who finished second, which I thought was great. I thought that was super great to see Graham do well. I, I really like Graham. But uh, yeah, yeah. The uh, total race time for Scott Dixon was one hour, 41 minutes, 59 seconds. And Graham Rahal was at one hour, 42 minutes, 19 seconds. So, yeah, solid 22nd lead there, which, uh, yeah, no one really put up a fight for Dixon besides that. Uh, Was it the lone caution? Yeah, the lone caution, which kind of worked out in his favor. It was everything was coming up. uh, Graham Rahal, if if it went caution free because he had the two pit stop strategy, um, and judging by the time, it was going to work out perfect where he was going to come out ahead of power um, in that whole cycle. Um, but because of Dixon's three pit stop strategy where he pitted early, it worked out where he pitted before the caution, which then got him on the same cycle as Ray Hall with about 15 laps fresher tires. And he just blew past them. He was laying down laps three seconds a lap faster. It wasn't just the tires because later on when they were on the same tires, he was still beating him by a half second every lap. So he was just in another zip code. Yeah. Unfortunately, I feel that IndyCar is kind of 0 for 2 with the races this year. I feel like we haven't really been able to see, I don't know, just just what to expect this season, unless we just should expect, you know, another Dixon domination, which very well could happen. Right. I, I just haven't been too, I don't know, surprised with, with how the racing's been so far. I mean, I really enjoy it, but it's just still kind of eh. Yeah, um, it's different things. Like Rossi's had mechanical issues both races, so you haven't really been able to see him um, really get involved in either of the races. Um, Pagano got up there by the end of the race, but he started further in the back, um, which kind of set him behind the whole race. And so it was it was kind of really Dixon's to, to dominate. And um, But that's, you know, that happens sometimes. Um, not every race is going to be great. Um, the Xfinity race, however, was one for the memory banks for sure. I tell you what, Chase Briscoe is going to be one to really fight with when he cut, gets up to cup. That kid can wheel a car and he does it humbly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I in, in the uh, replay I was watching, I believe he restarted seventh with eight to go. Is that right? And then he went right through the middle. Um, waited was like the best one to go into breaking into turn one and he just shot basically straight to the lead yeah i think it was yeah it was either fifth or seventh and that wasn't the first time he did that on a restart he had one or two other restarts where he pitted and about four or six guys would stay out um and by the end of really by the entrance to turn one he was in the lead and it was just incredible to watch and he didn't even have the best car um, he, Cindric, I think had the best car and then Almondinger was slightly behind him and then Briscoe was slightly behind him. Um, but Briscoe just every time he got faced a challenge, um, he just wheeled it and he, you know, stayed on it. Um, and then towards the end, just the fight after once he got like missed the corner and went back to third place, I was like, oh, that's it. He's, but he just stayed after it and took advantage. Yeah. I feel like he was very patient. And uh, he was just able to really 
just take care of his stuff. If you noticed, his car was very clean looking at the end of the race, and if you saw Cindric's car, it looked like he had just done 500 laps at Martinsville. <laughs> uh, which Cindric was just a totally different racing style for Cindric, I guess. He was he was really beaten and banging with Almondinger, and uh, I believe with uh, uh, Gregson Haley, they all kind of had contact yeah. together. Cindric yeah. um, also had a uh, a pit or uh, he jumped a restart, right? Um, and so because of that, he had to restart in like 32nd place um, and kind of race his way through the field over those last 30 laps, which probably led to um, a bit more damage. But let me tell you something. It was fun to watch. Um, one of the things that like slightly annoyed me, annoys me a little bit, and I'm sure you'll agree with TV coverage, is how much they focus on the front of the field. Yes. Um, and so when he went to the back, there was a, a restart, and Dale Jr. made the comment. He's like, watch that fluorescent yellow car in the back because it's going to be making some moves and like in the top of the screen you see him on the restart go from the top to the bottom back to the top and like take it around like like past like seven cars (laughs) and i was like i wish that like they had a camera on that because that looked awesome. <laughs> yeah. And it's, what's also kind of a, a downer is that those guys, uh, junior Rick Allen and, um, Steve Letarte and Jeff Burton, they're not calling the race from the track. They're at Charlotte, which that's a whole nother argument in and of itself. Um, and they can't even commentate on, it's harder for them to comment, commentate on stuff that's further back in the pack. Cause they can't look out the window from the booth and commentate on it. They just have to rely on the uh, cameras and the camera feeds that they're given. Yep. Uh, and it's, it's really a bummer because when they're able to emphasize on things going on, that's not in the lead, you know, the TV producers will take note and try to sh- put uh, cameras in wherever the commentators are, you know, talking about that's kind of their job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, yeah, it's definitely a bummer. We've talked about this with Martinsville, how, you know, the lead could be a two, three second lead, but there's actually a lot of fighting going on elsewhere on the track. And this happens at a lot of other racetracks. People think New Hampshire is boring. Let me tell you, you go to New Hampshire, that is one of the best races I've ever been to because of the racing throughout the track that TV does not show you. Mm. So good point. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, then the race, just the last seven laps were just wild. You had the Really, um, Almondinger was all over Briscoe, um, which allowed Sindrick to catch up, and Sindrick was all over Almondinger, and then Briscoe missed the corner, but Sindrick was all over <laughs> Almondinger. They got together a few times, which allowed them to go three wide down the front stretch, coming to take two to go. Yeah. Um, Briscoe got the lead, and from that point on, he kind of um, checked out because uh, um, Sindrick and Almondinger have some history that they were kind of working out and decided to slam into each other and fall back to fourth and fifth. I feel like Cindric <laughs> always ha- is beginning to be the other driver who has beef <clears throat> with someone. It must be like a 22 car thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but it was, it was just a, a great race. I think one thing I noticed um, is when Almondinger was fighting for the lead with Briscoe, how he wasn't using his bumper. He was trying to race him as clean as possible, which a lot of just, you know, NASCAR fans want to see the beating and banging. But for me personally, as someone who likes so many different types of motorsports, you know, NASCAR is one of the only uh, racing sports that allows you to use your bumper and it not be a penalty. Like if you do, if you go GT, you know, Le Mans, uh, Formula One, if you use your bumper, tire, whatever, you'll get a penalty for doing that. And um, with NASCAR, you don't. So with Almondinger, he didn't 
he never used his bumper to move him out of the way, and it just went to show how hard it really is to pass somebody cleanly, especially at a road course. I just mm-hmm. thought it was an interesting take. He's he's just such a great road course racer. Yeah, he's 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 just a great guy. He's somebody that I don't know if he wants to be back in full time racing, but I think it'd be fun if he did the whole year um, with Colleague, who's been impressive by the way. Colleague racing over the last year and a half, especially. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so once again, another great Xfinity race. No Cup guys. I'm not sure if that was the reason why it was so good. It could be, but uh, those cars and those drivers, they just put on a good show, and it's probably due to uh, you know lack of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just lack of I don't want to say lack of talent, but they're just not as talented as the Cup guys who can race very you know as clean and take care of their stuff. So these Xfinity guys are just you know beating and banging. And uh, putting on a good show. Yeah. And uh, Cindric, or not Cindric, Briscoe is now, um, he came into the season saying he needed to win eight to ten races. Um, and he's got four of them. So he is halfway to <laughs> his his goal through 13 races. And they have like two Xfinity races this weekend at, at Kentucky. Yep. Could Which, definitely see him uh-huh. winning one or both of those. Absolutely. Um, but on to Cup, uh, it, was a, it was a weird weekend because uh, Jimmy Johnson missed the race because he tested positive for COVID-19, which was such a bummer out of all, all drivers to be the first one to get tested positive. It's, it's him. And he broke a 663 consecutive race streak, such a bummer. Um, but he handled it well in the interviews mm-hmm. that I saw and, uh, too bad for freaking, uh, Justin Allgaier, poor dude. For real. I'm looking at a picture right now of, of the pit road wreck he was involved in, and I was just like, man, that dude just cannot catch a break. <laughs> nope. Nope. Yeah, it's uh, it was quite wild here. Um, like, you know, it was the first time that somebody was in the 48 car other than Jimmy Johnson since, like, 1993. <laughs> Gosh. Um, which largely speaks to the seven years that there wasn't a 48 car. Um, but True. still... It's uh that's an impressive run. It was also Kurt Busch's 700th start, not consecutively. He's had a few races he's missed here or there, but still just some impressive numbers. Wow. Um for guys to 663 consecutive races, 700 career starts. Um pretty cool to see the longevity um in the sport. But yeah, I was uh it was tough, but um I really enjoyed um the way Jimmy kind of handled everything, the interviews, the way he spoke into it. Um, and just the, the support that he had for his team, um, and Justin Allgaier was kind of just cool to see, um, just the unity that they had there. So hopefully, um, he's back soon. Uh, it's, it took quite the hit in points. Um, not as big of a hit as it could have, thanks to all the guys on the bubble wrecking. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but, but it was, uh, you know, if he misses another race, he's going to be right at that cut line for the points and, um, in quite the battle for these last uh, eight or nine races to get into the playoffs. So yeah, he's thirty six points out right now. So we'll see if he can. Uh, he can, you know, maybe he'll get a win and get up in there. I would, I'm all for it. But speaking mm-hmm. of wins, Harvick gets another one. His third Brickyard win, I believe. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Second in a row, right? Perfect. Yes. I think yes. You know, yeah, you we have a racing year. podcast. You think we'd know our stats. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. His uh, second in a row. Um, it's once again another week where it's Harvick versus Hamlin who have kind of solidified themselves as the uh, as the favorites right now, I would say. I'm okay with it at this point. 
and I really kind of came to grips with this. I guess today I was listening to Door Bumper Clear and the Teardown, and I just kept thinking about, you know, we could view this as the big two, kind of like we did the big three, what was it, two years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, and But I don't see it that way. I just see it as you have yeah you have these two top tier guys like the best in the series right now but then you have a like the rest of the field is also competing really well and we're seeing guys in the top 10 that we never never see on a weekly week in and week out basis yeah um yeah it's cool i it's i think it's more fun like when it was the big three um i mean i know harvick was in there but it was really like gibbs yeah and then harvick's so talented that he was kind of making up for what was lacking with SHR and competing with Gibbs. Um, So when it's one team dominating, I mean, last year it was, you know, how dominant Gibbs was as a whole. Um, It's not quite as fun, but having just two guys going at it, battling for race wins back and forth, where this week it was really, you know, Chris Gabehart and Denny Hamlin, they outwitted the four car this week. And that was, you know, what gave them the win um, until the flat tire came. And so, like that's it's fun to see that battle going of crew chiefs kind of trying to outwit one another um, and drivers just kind of going back and forth. You had that awesome, you know, Kevin Harvick almost hits the grass, taking it three wide. Oh, my gosh, that Hamlin. was incredible. It's just so much fun. And then the next restart, Hamlin pulls the same exact move, but then Harvick drives it in so deep on the outside of Hamlin that he holds him off, it which was you just... cannot usually do. That was a stupid move. Like, and I mean, stupid <laughs> in a great move. Like how that thing stuck. I don't know. Cause if, for those who don't know, Indy is basically a one groove racetrack unless it's Indy car and it's like a eight groove racetrack. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. when he went on the outside, I was literally screaming like, no way is he going to stick that? Um, and he did. And yeah, the dude can just wheel a freaking car, man. It was, yeah. But uh, Denny Hamlin's blown tire. Uh, we saw that, what, three or four times on Sunday? I think there was three really bad right front blowouts where, like, Eric Jones hammered the wall. Um, Hamlin hammered the wall. I can't think of who the third was, if there was a third. There was other flat tires. Um, Byron had a flat left front, which I think was Maybe that's who um, I was probably. Of. Yeah, I think Byron's was probably, he probably flat spotted the tire or something broke. Um, one in the, in the pits, um, not 100% there, but there's a couple of really bad blown tires that, um, just always seems to be a thing at Indy, doesn't it? Yeah. They've, they were talking, talking about this, uh, on, on uh, door bumper clear today, how the you, Goodyear has to really, whatever science they use to make these tires really has to take into effect the the weight and the just the pressure on those right fronts because they go into these they're going down the front stretch they they probably at top speed probably i'd say 185 190 and then go deep into the corner and there's so much weight going to that right front that it wears so quick i mean denny hamlin had uh cord showing i believe after his uh, last pit stop before he crashed and rodney childers told told uh kevin harvick to put as much pressure as you can on him because he's going to wear out his tires sure enough he did mm-hmm. but yeah uh, it was, it's a, it's a yeah. consistent thing at least it wasn't uh like the brickyard 400 where they had to have a caution every seven to ten laps right for tires i was there it was the worst race ever <laughs> yeah that was bad that was real bad that was really bad <laughs> yeah so it was not um, that type of race at all um, but i always like to see a a race where tires are a 
are an issue, I guess. Just not at the risk of injuring a driver. Yeah, and it was a it was a good race on the whole. Um, I think the the battle between Harvick and Hamlin definitely was enjoyable. Um, you were able to guys were able to drive through the field a bit. Um, there's a few times where like um, on one uh, at the end of one stage, Byron and Jones and um, Austin Dillon all stayed out um, and to to finish top three in the stage. And then when they all pitted, they restarted in the late twenties. And by the end of the or towards the latter part of the stage, they had all worked their way back up to. Um, or I think Jones was up to ninth and Byron was in like 11th and Dylan wasn't far behind. And so you were able to see some of that movement throughout the track, um, throughout the race, um, seeing guys like Matt Kenseth have a big day and Hey-o. Matt Benedetto, um, was definitely cool to see even big shout out to, uh, to two guys, Cole Custer, um, who's struggled this year, which isn't to be surprised because not only is he a rookie, but he is uh, a young rookie at 22 years old. Um, he is the, the youngest of the, the rookie group. Um, so he got a top five. Um, and then your boy, Matty K, how'd you enjoy that? Oh my gosh. I was, uh, it's been a long time since I've gotten up from the couch and started to pace the floor, which <laughs> I, I didn't do this time. I was very close. Um, I knew as soon as Harvick got on that final restart and he got that push from Custer, he shot out like a cannon and I just mm-hmm. knew Matt wasn't going to get him. And it's partly due to these cars, how you get, you can get as close as you know, four feet within another car, but it's impossible to pass because uh, the air just does all kinds of stuff to your car to where it makes it hard to pass. But all all the while, it was so great to see Matt up there. It was weird seeing him in a McDonald's car, you know, in a in a Chevy right. in a Chevy with the forty two on it. But it was still really exciting for him to finish second and for uh, old Bubba to get another top ten. Mm-hmm. So um, this whole no practice thing is paying off for a lot of guys, I'd say. It is. Um, it's interesting. It was here in like um, Chad Canals and um, the Crucci for the 18 uh, Stevens, um, just yeah. kind of hearing them complain about not. I wouldn't say complains necessarily the right word, but talk about how that's hurting them. Uh, but it definitely seems to be helping the lower tier teams like front row who's had. I think I texted you wrong. They've had a top 10 in three out of the last four races. I think I said three in a row and I text you. But um, that's really cool to see a team like that get to that point where a three out of four top races with the top 10 where years past like them getting a top 20 was a really good day. Yeah, absolutely. And in, the only time you ever saw them in the top 10 was Talladega or Daytona. Right. So to see them at a track that a driver's track for them to finish that well is it's really encouraging to see. I think it's going to speak volumes to NASCAR and to really put in a lot of thought, which I'm sure they're already putting a lot of thought into what practice will look like in the future. Um, mm-hmm. It is. It, you would think that the top tier teams would have figured their stuff out by now. But I mean, I'm no I'm no crew chief. I'm not a car chief. So I don't know what it takes to really set these cars up and the time you need to do it. But apparently it's practice is more valuable than I really thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will yeah. say that. And and it's just if out of all people, Kyle Bush was not one I would expect to struggle. Um, I'd expect Matt to struggle for once because he's going off of setups that Kyle Larson liked. So he's having a hard time really figuring that stuff out. But uh but right. all the but all these other drivers, I don't it's it's strange. Sorry, go ahead. Well, it's interesting, like I know that's one of the things Bush has talked about, but I don't know how much of it that is the issue versus this rules package not being one that necessarily works in his favor. I mean, last year, in the last year, he's had one, like calendar year, he's had one win, and that was Homestead. 
mm. when he won the championship. So there's the struggles for Kyle Busch go back further than just the this season of no practice. Um, so I don't fully buy. I think there's something else missing, and I don't know exactly what it is. If it's the rules package, if it's something with the 18 car, uh, we know Kyle Busch isn't lacking in talent. Um, right. There's just something missing. Um, yeah, so. he's a he's a loose is fast kind of driver. He likes you know he likes to loose race cars. They can really spin the back end around and get as much speed out of a corner as he can possible. And you can't really do that with these cars. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, that was the very first IndyCar NASCAR combo. Do you think it was a, a success? Uh, I mean, yes. And I don't like. I mean, they showed they can do it, and I think that's the the success. I think you'll really see the success in what it does to when there's fans in attendance. Yeah, if I more agree. people come, um, like I was looking at, they were showing the highlights of last year's Grand Prix when Pagano um, beat Dixon. And I know there was some rain late in the race, but still they show him going across the start finish line. I look up at stands. And I was like, there's, there's not a lot of people there for that. Um, and it's similar with the Xfinity race. So I'm wondering, so once you, kind of have those together in the future um, and you get more people that are kind of camping out and treating the whole weekend as an event and going to different races, that's when you'll kind of see whether or not it's a success, I think. Yeah, I was um, I was just thinking about NASCAR doing further double headers for just their series. And I'm thankful that uh, myself and Jordan Bianchi are on the same page. He said today that he would love to see a doubleheader where cup guys do the Brickyard 400 and cup guys also do the road course, like in the same weekend to kind of, you know, mm. c- condense the schedule. Would you see that ever happening or do you think that'd be a little much? I think it would be tough because NASCAR being NASCAR would have allowed them to bring two different cars. I think it'd be really fun if they had to race the same car and you had to <laughs> kind of pick, all right, am I set this up for a road course or am I going to set this up more for the oval? Um, it's like taking your Martinsville car and going to Talladega. That's not a good idea. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so when you factor that in where you're having to bring two haulers up, which is you're having to bring four cars to the weekend. Um, and it's not like a drive to Charlotte, Charlotte, to Indianapolis is a, that's a quick, haul, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So that's the reason why I'd be surprised to see it, though I'd love to see it. But okay. So we have Thursday Xfinity, Friday Xfinity, Saturday afternoon Arca. Man, three weeks in a row with Arca. And then Saturday evening, we have the trucks. So we have five races this weekend. Um, and I think this is the first day Kentucky race we've had in a long time. Oh, you're so right. It usually is a Saturday night race. What following? Well, yeah, it does usually follow. Uh, follow uh the coke 600 or coke 400 mm-hmm. at daytona which that was weird this weekend that was kind of throwing me off a little bit i was like wait it's july 4th and we're at indy this is weird everything's weird <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so but that'll uh, be a yeah. good weekend um i hope so and uh oh one other person i wanted to make mention of uh eric almirola has five straight top fives really Yes. Like <laughs> he is uh he has stepped up his game to a whole nother level. Um and uh I wonder if he's having a chat with uh Rodney Childers. Maybe. Like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> maybe well we'll go ahead. I'll I'll turn that into a, a play on 
yellow card, red card question. So okay. we'll get to that in a second. But I just made that audible decision on my own right now. All right. Sounds <laughs> good. This weekend was the first weekend uh, Formula One was back in action. Let me tell you, I was incredibly excited. I got to take advantage of my F1 TV subscription that I paid for back in February and have yet to use it. Um, it's amazing. The telemetry, the onboard cameras, so much access you get in that little package. Uh, it was a crazy race. I think uh, if I had to compare it with NASCAR, it definitely showed that uh, practice does make a difference because 11 cars finished the race with Valtteri Bottas in the front, the all 71 laps. Uh, but it was not a boring race. Did you catch any of it? I watched the extended like 20 minute highlights, 25 minute highlights, something like that on YouTube. And it looked wild. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely it was, wild. It was. Um, yeah, it was. Austria is one of my favorite tracks on the circuit. So for them to go there first and second, it was definitely a treat for me personally. I mean, they're pulling qualifying laps of, of one minute, two seconds. So it's a very small course. But um, yeah, Valtteri Bottas just definitely owned the race the whole time. And then coming in second was Charles Leclerc, who was incredibly thrilled with his second place finish. If you uh, go back and listen to his uh, um, in-car audio, he was super thrilled. He didn't even realize the race was over. Uh, But you hear him come over the radio. He's like, is it over? Are we over? Is it over? And his crew's like, yep, yeah, we're done. It's over. (laughs) And he was like, this is amazing. Um, so he finished second and then Lewis Hamilton did finish third, but he had a five second penalty due to hitting, um, Alex Albon coming out of turn number two. Once again, those guys came together. Uh, the first time they came together was back in Brazil last year. It was almost an identical move where Alex Albon was on the outside of Lewis Hamilton and Lewis Hamilton did not give him the space and spun Alex around. So he's done, uh, Lewis has done that to Alex two times now. And uh, Lewis was given a five-second penalty, and he was a uh, Lewis was ahead of um, Lando Norris by four point eight seconds. So because of that five-second penalty, Lando Norris was able to get third and got McLaren a second podium in two years. Which yes, that doesn't sound like much of a stat, but for McLaren, if you know history, of McLaren they have not done well lately. So they got another podium in two years. So good for them. The last their last podium was also Brazil because of a Lewis Hamilton penalty. So which I thought was very comical. So it was really exciting for them to see the fan favorite Max Verstappen was out early due to uh, he has some weird engine issues. I think it yeah. was. Yeah, something there's misfire and it was stalling out and I didn't hear exactly what it was, but basically, yeah, it stopped. It stopped running. <laughs> yeah, basically that is. <laughs> that it. was the end of it. <laughs> yeah, and um, uh, so he finished dead last. Which dead last, yeah. It's not good. <laughs> not, not good at all. I feel. I don't know how a lot of these guys are handling this race. It's like, uh, I guess I'll take it seriously because we have another one next week. So I mean, that's the first race of I believe they're trying to do eighteen races. Um, so we'll we'll see what those what the points end up doing. Um, Danny Rick, unfortunately, he also went out due to engine issues because Renault is not that great of a team. I will not get into that. Why he ever signed that team, I'll never know. But he's going to McLaren next year. I'm already looking at McLaren merch and what merch I'm going to buy. <laughs> I was looking at it all on Sunday. Um, let's see what else I have on here. Oh, yeah. American Boys and Haas. 
did not do well once again. Right. Such a bummer. And that was that they explain why our title is uh, Blown Tires and Blown Brakes because they had brake issues for both Roman Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen. They, uh, yeah, I don't know what the issue was, but they both had brake issues and therefore had to retire from the race. But uh, on top of with McLaren, not only it was uh, Lando Norris, um, or not McLaren, yeah, what was who's huh. anyway Lando Norris getting third place, yeah. getting on the podium finish, yeah. um, and he uh, as a young twenty-one-year-old kid um, getting his first podium finish, um, he was quite excited, ecstatic about that as well. Did you just put um, excited so was, and ecstatic in the same word? Absolutely, I did. <laughs> okay, that's great. Okay. <laughs> Excited, excited. <laughs> anyway, um, it was it was cool to see uh, Lando Norris has kind of risen, come up on the radar. I think in popularity, thanks in large part to a lot of his uh, um, during the the coronavirus break, um, the online racing. Um, he ran in the IndyCar Indy 500 and uh, was going to win it until Pagano um, <laughs> turned him out. right and took him out. <laughs> Um, that was premeditated by the way yeah absolutely um and so like that kind of just following him through a lot of the uh sim racing has been fun so to see him come out of the gate um and have a career best finish was awesome to see i'm looking forward to hopefully um seeing more success from him over the years yeah he's a he's gonna be around for a while his personality if anything will keep him around he's he's just a funny kid if you listen to a lot of his onboard audio he is very entertaining and he and carlos science have been great teammates together it'll be uh, kind of a bummer to see them separate next year but uh, carlos science will go on to ferrari and uh, danny rick will join Orlando norris as his teammate so those two should be really fun to watch but that's next year we'll talk about next year next, next year, year. <laughs> <laughs> Come or on, probably come, some more yeah before then, but. come on 2021 <laughs> <laughs> but uh so we got austria again this weekend um yo here's an inversion for you what if they went the other way around the racetrack that would be fun <laughs> things you really can't do in such a prestigious sport i guess right but uh right. that is racing for this week josh you got something for us yeah so we'll go on to our play on yellow card red card segment um i will make a couple of statements and nick will if he agrees with them um will say play on and elaborate as to why um if he he maybe agrees is kind of neutral on it or um has a caveat to it he'll say yellow card and if he completely disagrees he will say red card um and so we'll finish up with uh, some nascar related type things um so as the ratings have come out, um, NASCAR on Fox overall on the year has seen an 8% increase in their ratings, which is awesome. However, they have had three out of the 10 lowest um, scheduled races that we've ever had in their ratings. And there was a common denominator behind all three of those. And that was that they were on Wednesday night race Wednesday night. Um, the Wednesday night races did not do well. And so the question is, uh, or the statement is because of that, we will not see any Wednesday night races in 2021. I'm going to say yellow card only because the, the, the stats just seem strange, but I guess if the stats are going to be uh, like, 
if they're going to resemble anything, now's the time to resemble. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Because of the stupid virus, people are going to be watching sports to watch sports on any day of the week. So the fact that NASCAR did not do well on a Wednesday, it probably leans more towards it may not ever happen again on a Wednesday. So I guess play on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I unfortunately, I mean, that's what it comes down to is money. And uh, like the only races that were lower than the uh, Charlotte race were races run on Monday. In Monday afternoon instead of Sunday afternoon, which everybody's at work. And so, you know, right. You expect lower ratings. Um, but that was sad to see. Um, so after this past week, um, as of right now, Eric Jones is sitting in 17th in points, uh, Tyler Reddick 18th, um, and, uh, and Bubba 19th. That's kind of the end of people still in contention. Um, Austin Dillon holds the last spot by six points over Eric Jones. Um, so the statement is the playoff field as it is right now is set. We will have no more movement in the points between now and the cutoff race. Mm, yellow card because we don't know if Jimmy Johnson's going to be out of this thing or not. That's fair. That's that's fair. probably the only movement though. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, the Jones battle. Um, one of the things that's interesting is I was reading up on it and the kind of where points are um, right now is the importance of bonus points. So if you were to take, if everybody had the same amount of stage points not bonus points, stage points um, throughout the season. Right now you would have William Byron in 15th. He would be two points ahead of Austin Dillon in 16th and four points who would be four points ahead of Eric Jones in 17th. Um, And Bubba would be about 15 points behind that. So you'd have these guys all within about 25 points of each other. But because of stage points, William Byron is clear by 30 um, something points over Eric Jones because he's gotten 67 points where Jones has gotten 30, 37 and Austin Dillon's gotten 39 and that's the biggest thing with Bubba why he's so far behind is he only has 16 stage points on the year um, so that's kind of just an interesting note on how um, how important stage points are throughout the year in shaping the championship battle or at least the playoff battle yeah I do love how stage points have really come and shown their true colors to really give the advantage and it really shows you know where you need to be at the stage breaks, you know, you don't have to like you, like like back in back in the day, like before stage points, you know, at Daytona and Talladega, you would just hang hang out in the back, make sure you don't wreck. That's kind of not the point anymore. You know, you're encouraged to be up front. That's kind of the whole idea behind this, these stages was to have a lot of action. You know, each third of the way through the race, so it's really fun seeing uh, how these stage points are playing out. Yeah. All right, and um, then going off of what we alluded to earlier with Eric Almirola, um, Eric Almirola will be in the Final Four at the end of the season. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, play on. He's been Mr. Consistency. Would you say five out of five? He's top five yeah. out of five races. Yeah, yeah. let's just, let's just I'll, I'd put $100 on that. Yeah? Yeah, why not? All right. What's $100? Awesome. It's the government's money anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll move on to uh, a few other sports real quick, and then uh, we'll go into the second half of our time together. Uh, Patrick Mahomes signed a 10-year, $500 million contract. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Is that all you have? That's, that's, pretty, I'm a, that's a great deal for everybody involved. That's the statement. 
Yeah, play on. Um, I did some math. <laughs> I'm going to do it again real quick. So it was 500, was it 504 million? 504 Something like that, yeah. Divided by 10, okay, that's 50.4 million a year. So if you do 50.4 divided by 365, wait, hang on, that was wrong. 365 divided by 50.4, that is, is that the right math? I Hang think on. you were right the first time. Hang on. I got this. I got this. <laughs> Hang with me. Divide by three. Okay. That is $138,000 a day. Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. And then if you really want to break that down, one, <laughs> <laughs> let's see, 138 divided by 24. So he's making like 6000 almost $6,000 an hour. So, you know, enjoy your day job, people. <laughs> I mean, he's incredible. He is. He's, he's, I wasn't even mad. I was like, you know what? Yeah. I like him a lot. It's kind of hard not to like him. Whatever. Just wherever that yep. money's coming from, pay it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've had a, a couple of things pop up um, as teams have been starting to work towards um, training camps for hockey and basketball and soccer and number of teams have shut things down as coronavirus cases um, perk up. So the statement is that a lot of people have been saying, as I've been listening to ESPN radio, we are not going to get any of these playoff sports until probably November or early January. Um, what do you think about that? This is one of those moments where it's like, does the ref say play on or does he give him a yellow card? You know what I mean? Like, right. This is like your second warning of play on. Yeah. <laughs> the more I see like the news, man, I didn't really intend on watching. I never intend on watching the news, but a lot on, you know, whatever. CNN was on at the airport. We were at the airport yesterday and it was on and they were just talking about that and the cases, all the coronavirus cases on the rise. And, um, yeah, my hopes are dwindling, especially with uh, MLS. That's that's not looking good right now. Right. I um, mean, these contact sports, especially, um, the more intense they are. Um, yeah. But it's really it's in America. I, f- I feel like America has been very stubborn, I guess, with reopening. And, I mean, I was hoping we'd reopen quick like we kind of did, but that bit us in the butt a little bit. Unfortunately, because a lot of other countries are doing really well with uh, Mm -hmm. lack of cases. So it's kind of our own fault as a country, I guess. (laughs) Go figure. (laughs) Right. Which kind of gives me hope for hockey um, because hockey did finally settle on two hub cities. Um, And like we said, Vegas was most likely to get it unless things changed and uh, things changed. So they now are having uh, Edmonton and Toronto would be the host cities that are uh, much lower compared to most American cities in coronavirus cases. Yeah, those are officially the two. Um, they have the the plan in place. They actually agreed on a collective bargaining agreement. So this is amazing. The NHL is far and away traditionally the uh, the worst relationship between the players and the owners, um, and they've agreed to a four year extension of the CBA. Um, included is a return to the Olympics. Um, what and. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And uh, um, a return to hopefully getting them to play soon um, in the next few months. But we'll we'll see. I think it might be a little later than they're planning um, as the Blues just canceled their training camp for the time being because of um, sickness. Or they canceled training camp, but they shut down workouts around their facilities. Um, And the final statement question, 
Um, so since his return, or since the return of the Premier League, Christian Pulisic has been phenomenal. Um, he scored another goal today for Chelsea, um, giving him three goals since the return. Um, he's constantly creating, constantly making runs. Um, and so there's the question of, is this the real Christian Pulisic, or is it just he came out of the break with a little bit more fire? Um, so the statement is, this is the next level of Christian Pulisic, and it's only going to get better. Oh, absolutely. Play on. He, uh, every time you see him on the field, you, you get excited for what he's going to do. And he's always progressed. He hasn't really hit too much of a low point. And he, he just continues to amaze us. So I think we're just going to continue to see, you know, phenomenal plays. And when he's, when, he, you know, Chelsea and he, he himself are playing against your team, you're not going to get mad when he scores because it's already happened to me. When he, right. when he scored against City, I wasn't even mad. I was like, well, that was cool. <laughs> yeah. Him, Willen, and Giroud right now just have insane chemistry. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Chelsea's back end of play does not have the same chemistry. So um, they really should have drew with Crystal Palace. I don't know how Crystal Palace did score at the end of the game today, um, but that's probably why they're Crystal Par- Palace. Yep. Not. <laughs> and not anyone else. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, but play in, uh, the premier league's been, uh, pretty crazy, I guess you would say, um, over the last few weeks. Uh, yeah, you know, city crushed Liverpool four to nothing. It was on, it was five to nothing, but then they took a goal away. And then the next week, uh, or the next game, I should say city lost to Southampton one nil. So, you know, the premier league weirdness never ends. It ha- it starts this way. It ends this way. <laughs> so I, I wasn't, I wasn't even that mad. But uh, your boys beat Leicester, which was pretty yeah. great. I was not expecting that. I did pick Everton to win, but I didn't expect it. It was funny because I was just before the start, I was like going out to get lunch or something like that. Listen to ESPN radio, uh, the local radio station. They were on, it was one of the local rally stations and they were doing kind of gambling things. And that was, they were talking about the Everton Leicester game and they're like, you know, go with Leicester. Leicester's playing for a Champions League spot. Everton's kind of safely in the middle of the table. There's nothing really for them to play for. So Leicester's a safe bet with the, with the you know, to pull for. And I was like, Everton's going to win, aren't they? And sure enough, <laughs> took care of business. Um, and then today they lost to Tottenham um, in a, a game where um, it was pretty even, I would say. It was a fluke goal where... The guy turned around off a deflection, shot it. It was going wide, but it blasted off of Michael Keane's arm and into the opposite corner of the goal. And it was just like, well, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I'm feeling right now with the Premier League. Of course, I was very excited, as I know we all were, for it to return. And it, it was just more of a return to the inevitable of Liverpool getting the title. And now that that has happened... I'm kind of just watching games to watch games, whatever mm-hmm. the, whatever the results may be, because there's nothing too much at stake aside from. I mean, you can make it exciting to see who's going to land the top four and who's going to be in the bottom three, but other than that, I, I, you're just kind of watching soccer to enjoy watching soccer. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's good at the top four. Man United's still hanging in there in the battle. Um, they're four points behind Leicester, and they still have a game to play. Um, the Wolves, they've kind of played themselves out of it, I think, since the return. So even though they're only, you know, seven points back, I don't think realistically 
they're in contention with so few games left. Yeah. Um, and then at the bottom, you know, Bournemouth had a pretty good game today. Um, they went today. They oh, that was, I was thinking, no. oh, that yeah. was the other day. I was thinking of uh, the Watford game today. But gotcha. Oh, yeah. They beat Norwich. Um, wow. They did. Look at them go. <laughs> good for you, <laughs> good. Way to go, guys. Yeah, Bournemouth yeah. plays Tottenham on Thursday, so who knows what that'll end up being. I can't get a read on Tottenham. I haven't gotten a read, a read on them at all this year. And they're sitting eighth place right now, so. Right. It makes yes. no sense at all to me. So Aston Villa, <laughs> Bournemouth, and Norwich are all sitting at the bottom. Uh, me and they all have, let's see, points-wise, Norwich is 21, so they're done. And Bournemouth and Aston Villa are tied for 27. And West Ham and Watford are sitting at both at 31. So it would be very interesting to see if West Ham is able to stick it out. I yeah. don't know. They're so inconsistent. Right. Yeah, so we'll we'll see how. That'll be a fun thing to follow um, throughout the last few games. And then it's really now all about gearing up for uh, the following season. Which is like in a week. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like five games and then it's the next season. Yeah. So do they have a start date for that? Have you seen anything about that? I haven't seen anything official, but I know it's it's not very long. Um, obviously, there's got to be a small period for, I guess, some of the transfers that have already been pre-agreed to um i think transfer season's still opening in august right yeah i mean it's kind of open right now uh leroy sane just signed with uh bayern munich yeah yeah so so which who they're gonna be good yeah they're gonna be, i mean they already terrifying. are good but they're gonna be uh you know champions league contenders for sure next year i think yeah uh as of right now well, the transfer window oh, here we go. I got it. still opens July 26th, officially. Gotcha. Um, so that's coming soon. September 12th is the first day. September 12th. Okay, so there will be a little bit of a break yeah. still for, for things like that. About a month, but, uh, month and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, let the guys go back home to doing what they were doing before. <laughs> yeah, whatever whatever that was. We quarantined wherever they were before and uh, then come back and do it all over again. Yeah. Ex- um, so that... That'll be more fun to look forward to, I think. I mean, there was, it was great to have sports back, but like you were saying, because Liverpool was so... They already had it all but clinched beforehand. It wasn't necessarily the the excitement that there otherwise could have been if you had, you know, City and Liverpool going head-to-head for the title. Right. Is it, um, is it fifth and sixth place that go to the Europa League, or is it just fifth place? Uh... I could just look this up, but I just want to know if you knew that. Right. There's there's like three levels. There's top four are obviously champions, and I believe it's five because the next, and then I think six has the another league. There's there's too many leagues. That's part of the thing with soccer. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's it's too many. Okay, the fifth place team in the Premier League will qualify for the group stage, like immediately, basically. Right. All right. right. All right. I just there's so many soccer leagues, which it's like a it's it's a it's a blessing and a curse because you're never short of soccer anywhere. But then you're wondering, wait, right. what am I watching at right now? <laughs> but um, and so, then uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, the rounds of World Cup qualifying should begin uh, towards the latter part of this year. Um, begin in the the early stages, which are usually like you know the USA plays some really small country that I didn't hadn't heard of prior to 
yeah. them playing them. And <laughs> it's like, oh, they tied them 1-1 the first time they played, and then the second time they beat them 8-1. So... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just watch out for that uh, Trinidad, Trinidad and Tobago. They might, they might, they might beat you. Yeah, <laughs> always a sore spot with that team. Yeah, always a sore spot. But that's kind of the Premier League. And um, by the way, Bayern Munich did clinch the Bundesliga championship for those German soccer fans out there. Mm-hmm. Not a big surprise, but uh, good for them. And yep. MLS is supposed to start. Uh, tomorrow, but I think everything's been pushed back with the uh, coronavirus scares like you were talking about earlier. So I really don't know when that's going to restart. I, I, I'm fearing they might not. Like you said, they, they might just push yeah. it back. Well, or they could, you know, make that transition where the MLS starts playing at the same time as the rest of the world. Um, <laughs> plays in the the fall through spring. I I like that way better. I mean, I'm not a soccer player, but I have this feeling that you know, if you're someone like FC Dallas or Nashville SC or any team that's in the south part of the country, southern part of the country, it's hot in the summer. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. So why are we having the season go from was it April's when we start or end of March all the way to the last game, like the end of the playoffs is at the top part of December. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense no. in my opinion. So I'd like for that to be changed. And this would be this is the perfect opportunity to make change. Um, I don't know if it's part of it is trying to not compete with other leagues. I was um, just thinking that that's a lot to compete with. Yeah, but what's it matter? But <laughs> yeah, I mean, people soccer's kind of got its niche, and so people, you know, people are gonna watch it whenever it's on. Right. So like me, and like you, <laughs> exactly. Yep. But um, that's kind of soccer um, and stuff. What else you got? <laughs> yeah, I mean. Did you have a good rant you had today? I have, yes. Well, I mean, it's just kind of the enjoyability. So this past Friday was a big release day on Disney+. Plus. Um, obviously, Hamilton getting the large amount of the attention. And for obvious reasons, I haven't finished it yet. I've watched the first half. Is of it, it good? And it's it's very good. I okay. I I think I'd rather see it like in person, mm-hmm. obviously, um, but it's it's very it's worth watching. Absolutely, there's a reason people have loved it, and I don't doubt it. You know, it's not anything to question. But for me personally, it was all about the Mighty Ducks, which is just <laughs> a phenomenal movie, um, one that touches the hearts of our childhood um, near and dear. And it's kind of, you know, it's a funny movie. It's got stuff like the flying V and, you know, it's this traditional story. (laughs) Yeah. And it's the traditional story of, you know, a bunch of kids that aren't any good at the sport. They have a coach come along and uh, they end up winning the championship, you know, spoiler alert. I know, Um, (laughs) but, and it's just, it's an awesome movie spurred on two sequels, which were also awesome, especially D2. Um, that's just a legendary movie. Um, but then also the big green came out. And one of the things that's interesting to me is how the mighty ducks is beloved. Like people adore the movie, um, where the big green, you mention it and like people remember it, but that's kind of it. Usually, um, like we were talking, texting it back and forth about it. And you're like, like, isn't that the kid with like 
the red freckly haired yeah <laughs> goalkeeper from uh from the sandlot it's like yeah that's kind of what it's remembered for but watching the movie it's so good i mean there are obvious similarities it's the same general plot line i mean the very first game the ducks play they lose 18 nothing the very first play the big green game the big green play they lose 17 nothing um in the end they win the championship but it's such a good storyline because you have a lot of real life issues that they're working through where you have the one kid who's um, his mother's here illegally um, where he's an American citizen, but she's not. And so there's that fear of them being found out about and that like the, towards the end of the movie, they're, they're kind of running away um, while the, the sheriff or the police officer slash coach is trying to help them out. You got a girl who's dealing with her father, who's very distant, absent father struggles with alcoholism um, and you have this cool story about a town coming around a sport that they don't know anything about um, and it unfolding to where, you know, they win the championship because it's it's a Disney movie. Um, but I just thought it's such a well done movie. It's also cool because you can tell that like the the footage of them playing soccer, it's like they sent the kids out there and they just said, just play soccer and we're going to film you guys playing a game. And obviously it's edited so that the goals, you know work out the way they want for the for right, the game always but like stuff like that it's just it's such a well-done movie um and i'm i'm like this movie is extremely underrated um not taking anything away from the mighty ducks which is phenomenal um we got all yes votes on me getting a, a charlie conway jersey so i need to order that how many votes um, did we get i like eight i think <laughs> Hey, I like, I like eight. Eight's good. Yeah, it's a solid number. But it was eight yeses and zero noes. So you know that's a right. uh, so go ahead. And it's only like forty something bucks for a jersey. What? I yeah. saw one uh, when we landed into Newark last week. The guy, this guy at the uh, the check-in counter, he had one on. I was like, <gasps> and then you texted me that, or you had sent out the Instagram about you wanting to get it. I just thought that was really funny. That's awesome. Yeah, those yes, moves, so, yeah, go ahead. You're not done. I would say that's my my rant is uh, you know, appreciate both those movies um and watch The Big Green and take into consideration that it's it's a phenomenal movie that gets um unfairly forgotten about, I think. I think I might watch that tonight. Hmm. I will say D2 and D3. I saw a D3 before I saw D2. So you can Imagine my confusion with who are these other players? <laughs> who, who's who's this who's this guy like like who's this cowboy dude? Who that I don't know. Who this <laughs> right. is. Um, but no, those those movies are so good. But can we just talk about how terrible some of the acting is, especially in the very first one? I didn't really point oh. it out because I didn't care because I, I I was I love it. But my wife was like, oh, my gosh, Emilio Estevez is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cringy at moments, but it's comical, it's an, that, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a comical and endearing cringy. Especially when he gets uh, pulled over. He goes, you want to turn that down a little bit? And he's like, yeah, I guess it was a little noisy. And the cop's like, a little. Oh, it's so good. It's so such a good movie. Um, I don't yeah. know if I really have... A rant? Yeah. I mean, I kind of ranted to you yesterday. I would like to point out, um, I instead of ranting on social media, I uh, I proofread it. I send it to Josh. I'll send a long text to Josh as like a, hey, it's stupid to put this on Twitter because it's, it's dumb to 
no one Twitter doesn't need another meaningless opinion. So I send my, you know, wannabe tweets to Josh, and uh, I guess a wannabe tweet would be, uh, I am not in favor of our president right now. For uh, I didn't really want to bring this up, but here I am uh, for right. for really bashing our sport yesterday. Um, Josh didn't make a good point where our president does a good job at uh, bringing attention to himself. And that even if that means completely trolling the internet and stirring the pot, stoking the fire, however you want to say it, uh, mm-hmm. he did he did that yesterday, and it really rubbed me the wrong way, and it really it really upset me for a little while. But um, our sport is bigger than a meaningless tweet, so that's all I have to say about that. I didn't mean to bring down the mood, but yeah, it just kind I of, could, yeah. uh, in order to like really work through why and how Donald Trump does the things that he does would take way more than an entire podcast. Um, and there's there's a method to his madness at some time points. Um, I don't agree with it, but there is. Um, and it is what it is. And I, uh, me and Nick text each other about that so that you guys don't have to listen to our ranting about how much he has a way that he does things. And we disagree with that on a multitude of levels. Yeah. But the sport will, uh, will continue on. Um, if anything, I love because, my, I love NASCAR more probably. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, people are going to have their opinions on it. Yeah. If you want ours in more detail, yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we can, we'll talk about it. Just let us know to the but, one, uh, to the one guy in Spain. Let us know. Right. <laughs> yes. But on the whole, we'll enjoy NASCAR and yeah, sometimes you just got to let people just, be. just, let them be trolls. trolls. Yep, or trolls. <laughs> right. That too. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier. Here's a quit ramble. Uh, Fernando Alonso is coming back to Formula One. I am very excited about this. Yes. He's going to be in a in, with Renault, which whatever. But I'm really excited. He used to be with Renault way back in the early 2000s. So to see him come back to that team and just to Formula One is a sight to behold. It was a matter of time. I think everyone could have told you that. The dude just loves Formula One. Um, mm-hmm. So it's gonna be really exciting. Come on, twenty twenty one. Let's go. It's gonna be such a great year. <laughs> yep. Looking uh, forward to the sports then. But in the meantime, we will keep covering sports now and yeah. enjoying the mess out of it, and then talking about it, and hopefully you enjoy us talking about it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> with that, I'm Nick, and I'm Josh. We'll see you guys next week. Later. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. <laughs>